When you're in the market for a new car, you want a vehicle that conquers your daily commute, easily handles the elements, and looks great too. You need the reliability of a Toyota and the confidence that your investment will last. Why? Because after all the carpools, shopping trips, and weekends out, you want a car that still has plenty of miles left in it and holds its value for a great trade-in deal. That's where Toyota leads the pack as the number one resale value brand for 2024, according to Kelly Blue Book's KBB.com. So check out the all-new, fully redesigned 2025 Camry or test drive a stylish and affordable Corolla sedan or hatchback. And remember, when you choose Toyota, you're not just buying a car for today, you're investing in trade-in value for tomorrow. Visit buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals, for more. Vehicles projected resale value is specific to the 2024 model year. For more information, visit kellybluebookskbb.com. Kelly Blue Book is a registered trademark of Kelly Blue Book Company, Incorporated. Toyota, let's go places. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast that gives you strategies and tips for how to build happier habits into your daily life. This week, we'll talk about some bonus ideas for, you guessed it, creating outer order, and we'll talk about an easy way to make it more fun to wake up in the morning. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, outer order, the four tendencies, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me by the miracle of technology is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And Gretchen, I am also the sister of a New York Times best-selling author. Yes. That's, that would be you. Yes. <laughs> yes, Outer Order, Inner Calm is number three on the New York Times bestseller list, which is so thrilling and so... Yay! Congratulations! Thank you, thank you. And thank you to all the listeners who have been coming to book events and who pre-ordered and who've been reviewing it on Amazon and Goodreads and everywhere. It's been so great to have so much enthusiasm and support. So thank you, everyone. It really is. It's a huge milestone as a writer. And speaking of milestones, Elizabeth, we're in this peculiar situation because we're Mm. recording this episode a little bit early because of my book tour. And so we're recording this a few days before the premiere of The Fix. But when this episode airs, the show will have hit the airwaves March 18th, 10 p.m., 
So it's so exciting. It's out in the world, but at this point, we haven't yes. seen it. Yes. So Yes, I know. It's like we're in the future. And Elizabeth, very appropriately, mm-hmm. given that we have all this happy news in our own lives, today is the mm-hmm. International Day of Happiness, which is a fun thing to celebrate. Yes. So, Gretch, let's celebrate a minor holiday, as you say, the International Day of Happiness. Also, I'm happy because, Gretch, we are going to do live shows this spring. Happier is going on the road. Yes, we're so excited. So we have um, our first show is New York City. That already went on sale and it sold out very, very fast. So that's exciting. That show sold out. And we are going to Detroit, Milwaukee, and Minneapolis. And uh, tickets for those shows go on sale today, March 20th. So if you do want to come, go ahead and buy your ticket because the New York City show did sell out very quickly. Yes. And our show is called Happier Hour and Evening with Gretchen and Elizabeth. (laughs) And I will read the description, Gretch. Yay. Calling all upholders, questioners, obligers, and rebels, Gretchen and Elizabeth are taking their show on the road. See the sisters' disembodied voices take human form live on stage in Happier Hour an evening with Gretchen and Elizabeth. You'll participate in a real time. Try this right now. Enlighten fellow happier listeners in an audience happiness hack lightning round and find out if Gretchen is actually learning (laughs) to play the ukulele, number seven on her 19 for 2019 list. Because the event won't be televised, Gretchen and Elizabeth will even share embarrassing pictures from the European trip that turned them from just sisters into actual best friends. (laughs) Remember, the things that go wrong often make the best memories. Yes. So we can't wait to meet a lot of listeners live and in person. So come if you can. Now, Elizabeth, this week our Try This at Home tip is on the subject of clutter clearing and creating outer order, which is the current thing that's on my mind all the time. These are tips that didn't make it into the book, Outer Order, Inner Calm. And why didn't they make it into the book, Gretch? So this is the thing. I keep thinking about this and talking to people and going over to people's houses and helping them clear their clutter. And I keep thinking of more and more things, which is very annoying. It's very annoying to have an idea that I would love to have included in the book when it's too late. So I'm going to get them out in the world here since I didn't get them into the book. I think you're going to have to write a sequel. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I would love to do that. So here's one that I think is hilarious. And I had seen it before, but I saw a very vivid example of it recently. And this is to beware of the frenzy of the clear. Mm. So divers, deep sea divers can experience the danger rapture of the deep where they stay down too long. And I've seen people experience the frenzy of the clear. And this is when we get so intoxicated by the joy of relinquishment and like seeing all this space open up that they just start tossing or giving away just about everything. And I was helping a friend clear clutter the other day and he threw away an unopened package of padded mailer envelopes. Which is like, I'm like, <laughs> so I was like, this is not even open. Why are you throwing this away? And he said, oh, those things never work. I was like, these, oh what are you God. talking about? These things always work. <laughs> it's a, it's a mad, it's an so envelope. him to put it back? Yeah. No, well, I took it. I was like, if you don't want it, I'll take it. Cause I use, oh. <laughs> I, I'm, I use them all the time to mail out books. So I was like, well, I could use this. So I took it home. I know. But now sometimes the frenzy can be helpful because it does make it very, very easy to let things go because you're just sort of so swept up into it. But I do think that if you have too much frenzy, you could make mistakes. You could end up regretting things. You could just be wasteful, like, you know, just like getting rid of so much stuff. 
So I think it's, again, it's important to stay mindful. Like you really want to get rid of everything you don't need, use or love, mm. but you want to make sure that you really are asking yourself that question. Well, I have to say, I've never had the problem of the <laughs> frenzy of the clear. I wish I did sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, Gretchen, it's the fine line between being mindful and mindless and then too mindful. <laughs> so it's a tightrope, this clutter clearing. <laughs> it is. It is. Got to watch out both ways. Now, here's another thing that I wish that I had gone into more in the book. So if you're the person who's annoyed by someone else's clutter, and so you're the one who's the neat one, you know, a lot of times there's like the neat one and the messy one, the Felix and the Oscar, mm. and you're very annoyed by someone else's clutter, you should ask yourself, and I've asked myself this, have I worked to clear my own clutter? Have I truly mm. achieved outer order with my own possessions in what I can control myself? Ah, this is like physician heal thyself. Yeah, yes. No, because often there's so many things going on here. One is often my clutter feels different from your clutter. So like I might have a huge project out on the dining room table for a month, which I think is fine, but you leave crumbs on the kitchen counter. And I think like, oh my gosh, we, you know, how can we live like this? And also you sort of become inured to your own clutter. And mm. so by clearing your own clutter, you bring down the kind of the volume, you create more outer order, which then... I think builds up your bandwidth for tolerating other people's clutter because you have more order in your own sphere. And so often you can change the atmosphere of the environment just by handling what is totally within your own control. Yeah, I'm surprised this one didn't make it into the book, Gretchen, because this seems kind of like a, a true rule. No, I mean, these are deep issues. And I sort of keep uncovering more and more things yeah. that I want to pursue. And so, and I think that's a really important one, which is just always begin by doing what is within your own power to do. Yes. And then it often will change the way you feel about a situation generally. Gretchen, I know another thing that you have discovered in your clutter journey is that if you're trying to nudge yourself or others to clear a space, think about what other use you can make of it. And I'm sort of dealing with that. Oh, because with your office. Um, yes. Yeah, because, no, this is very helpful, and this is also especially helpful for rebels. I think it's helpful for all the tendencies, but especially for rebels, because if you have a space where it's kind of becoming a junk room where everything's sort of being dumped in there, if you think to yourself, well, could this space become a music room? Could it be a yoga room or a meditation room? Could I make a little reading nook out of it? For a lot of people, it's more satisfying to be thinking about getting something than relinquishing or coping with something. So instead of saying like, oh, let's clear out the junk room just to get rid of the junk, it's like, oh, let's clear out the junk room so we can have a music room. For a lot of people, that feels more appealing. Yeah. And like with my home office, I want to clear out the clutter so that I can make room to store my entertaining items. I'm yeah. trying to entertain more. I want to have nice placemats and vases and things like that. But I really don't have room for all that in my kitchen. And so I want to clear out my office so that it can be the place where I keep that stuff and have easy access to it. Right. And that just feels more purposeful and also yes. just like more fun to yes. get something than to just be like, okay, now I need to go through all of these like old cables and figure out what I need. That's <laughs> exactly. like, you know. Now here's something, I don't really have an answer for this, but I realize it's a kind of clutter that really haunts me. And I think for a lot of people, it's a problem. And this is when, you know, when we get something often from a store where they're of a quality that's too good for their purpose. Like a store gives you something in a box that's a really, really sturdy box. Mm. Or like you're getting a pair of shoes and it has really, really nice shoe bags, which I never use. Mm -hmm. Or you get like a shopping bag that's 
not really quite a tote bag, but it's like better than just like a regular shopping bag. And then it's sort of like, what do you do? And I never know what to do with these things because if I can't use them, they're just clutter and I should give them away, recycle or toss them. But they kind of go into the zone when you're like, well, should I hang on to this box? Because I don't really have a use for this box, but it's not just like some nasty box. It's like, it's really, really good. And it's sort of annoying to me because it feels wasteful to have made something too good for its purpose, which is basically just like a temporary purpose. Yeah, Gretch, I literally right now I'm looking at a box that falls <laughs> under this category. A friend of mine gave me a t-shirt for Christmas in a really nice Christmas gift box. Yeah. So I can only use it at Christmas, you know, it wouldn't be appropriate to put a gift in it now. Yeah. But like, where do I keep it so that I, I feel like I just need to have it out so that I remember it <laughs> exists. Because if I put it away in December, am I going to remember that gift box? But it's way too nice to get rid of. Right. So it's like in limbo while I try to figure out where to put it. Right. Well, and you don't want to have it out, you know, from March until December, you know, and then you'll miss your window inevitably. Which you'll is the path we're on now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm coming to LA. We're going to deal with this. Okay. <laughs> well, and then there's the problem of like when things are in a holding pattern. And I mm. found this in my own closet recently where, you know, sometimes you get, you just wear things so much that you just get sick to death of them. So mom, our mother, lent me this kind of blue striped jersey summer shirt. And I wore it a ton. I wore it a ton, a ton, a ton for a couple of years. And then I just got sick of it. I'm like, I never want to wear that thing again. Mm -hmm. And last summer, I realized now looking back, I didn't wear it at all because I was so tired of it. But it was still in my closet because I was like, well, should I give it back to mom? Does she want it back? Because she sort of right. lent it to me. Or should I just give it away because she's sick of it too? And I just kept it for months and months and months because I just, in my mind, didn't know what to do. And then finally, I thought, why don't I just ask her? So I emailed her a picture. I was like, do you want this back or should I give it away? And she said, bring it back and I'll figure it out. So mm. now I know what to do with it, you know? So you handed it off to her for it to be in limbo. Well, she'll have to figure out what to do with it. But yeah. if she'd said, hey, I don't want it back, then I could have just given yeah. it away. Um, and I went through yeah. this with a friend who was going through a closet. And she's like, well, my sister's pregnant. Maybe she'll want this. She could wear this like as part of that. And then we had this big pile. And I'm like, why don't you just text your sister right now and say, do you want some of my clothes as maternity mm. clothes or not? Because you're creating this whole limbo pile because you don't know what your sister wants. Yes. Ask the person. Yes. Yeah, I had this scratch, a similar thing with some sweaters I had. They didn't fit me. And I didn't know, should I keep these? Should I give them to mom? I just wasn't sure what I should do. So they sat in a drawer for like seven years at which point no one wanted them, you know, yeah. seven years later. <laughs> but Gretch, speaking of holding patterns, another thing you've taught me is that if something doesn't fit or it needs repair, give yourself a timeline and do it. Yeah. So don't just say, oh, I'll get those shoes fixed, you know, someday in, yeah. you know, 2030. you got to do it now. Right. And if you're like, okay, I'm going to give myself a deadline in three weeks and then you can't be bothered to do it in the next three weeks, Probably you don't really care. And probably you've already had that thing for months or years anyway, you know. Mm -hmm. This seems to be a particular problem with jewelry. People often talk about needing to get jewelry repaired. So it's like, give mm -hmm. yourself a timeline and just do it or then don't do it at all. Yeah, I know why that's a problem, by the way. Oh. I think people, if they have nice jewelry, worry if they leave it somewhere, will something happen to it? Mm. And so they feel hesitant to part with it. Mm. So then, but it's doing you no good being broken in your jewelry box. Right. So it's, it's a conundrum. Yes. But uh, speaking of fixing things, one thing to watch out for is paying to get something fixed that you don't even like. I've made this mistake. Oh. 
Like I'll be I like did that with a pair of shoes. Yeah. Well, it's like, oh, you know, you you want to sort of console yourself from the fact, like I'll console myself from the fact that I like made a mistake in purchasing something, and I'll I'll make an mm. excuse to myself like, the reason I don't wear these pants is because they're just like a little too long. They don't look right, and so then I go get them hemmed. Mm-hmm. But then I paid good money to get them hemmed, and then I'm like, eh, you know what? I just don't like these pants. So it's like I just dug myself in deeper. <laughs> so be honest with yourself. Yes, 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 yes. Now, Gretch, one idea I know you believe, but you don't talk about in the book, is that it's okay to get rid of books. Yes. I think you really have to think, ask yourself, what is your philosophy for what books you're going to keep and what books you're going to give away and really be relentless? Because like I reread a lot, so I would keep books that I would reread. You don't really like to reread. Right. So, you know, maybe there are books that you can get rid of. Um, Or if they're related to like, if you're like, oh, I want to keep all the books I read in college, maybe you could just pick one book that sort of stands for everything I read in college Ah. and then you can get rid of the other ones. We had like, giant shelves of all of our law school case books and then we Ooh. got it down to like five case books and now we have black's law dictionary and i'm like that's all we need <laughs> from law school <laughs> you can open up a lot of space in your shelves if you're really now i have huge amounts of books i'm a big believer in having a lot of books but you want to have the books that you want and not just like a lot of books that have been sitting on the shelf and no one's paid any attention to them for decades Yes, and I am taking this to heart, Gretchen. I've been doing bags of books. So oh, I'm following this. Excellent. You're making a lot of clutter clearing strides. I'm trying, um, which reminds me, Gretchen, I had a minor clutter victory. Ooh. It wasn't even a clutter clearing victory, it was actually a pre clutter victory. Ooh, that's even better. So here's what happened. Jack was in the Spanish play at school every year. The third graders do a Spanish play. And it's, of course, the most adorable thing. And they all work so hard and they did an amazing job. And, of course, we videotaped his part of the play. Yeah. Well, at the same time, you know, there's an official DVD of the play. And Mm. so several emails went out. If you want this DVD, fill out the form. It's, you know, $25 or whatever. And I was about to sort of automatically fill out the form. Like, of course we want a DVD of the Spanish play. But then I said to Adam, it just occurred to me, do we really want a DVD of the Spanish play? Are we really ever going to sit down and watch (laughs) an hour long Spanish play? By the way, neither of us speak Spanish. And we have parts of it videotaped anyway. And Adam was like, you know, I don't think we need that. Yeah. And so we did not get the DVD. It went against all of our parent instincts <laughs> to want to hoard every little bit of yes. evidence of everything Jack does. But we realized we're just never going to sit down and watch this again. Right. Um, and so I felt such a victory that I did not bring another DVD into my house. Well done. Keep it out of the house to begin with. Um, You're rubbing off on me, Greg. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Well, let us know if you do try these ideas at home and what clutter clearing ideas work for you. Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com or go to happiercast.com slash 213 for everything related to this episode. Coming up, we've got a happiness hack that makes waking up more pleasant. But first, this break. There's 
There are some stories about our father's life that I truly never get tired of hearing, from hilarious to heartfelt, tear-jerking to plot-twisting. His retelling of the events always brings me joy. Just in time for Father's Day, I found the perfect gift that captures all his stories for our family forever. It's called StoryWorth. StoryWorth helps you preserve precious memories and stories from your father or father figure's life for years to come. And Gretch, you get a book of all these stories. And I love just keeping a book on the coffee table and anyone from any generation can see a story from dad, like what was his favorite toy or what was his first job? Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question that you get to help pick. Give all the fathers in your life a unique, heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years. StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to StoryWorth.com happier. That's StoryWorth.com happier to save $10 on your first purchase. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. I now work with a team, and I am here to say that finding the right candidate and hiring the right candidate is one of the very biggest and most important challenges to anyone who has a small business. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Alyssa, I love this happiness hack because I think getting up in the morning is a big happiness stumbling block for a lot of people. Yes. Yes. This comes from Kelly. She says, I just learned you can change the alarm on your iPhone to any song. I'm now waking up to the theme song to the Mary Tyler Moore <laughs> show. It's like a happiness soundtrack to my morning. You're going to make it after all. That's Ooh. my singing. Ooh, good. That was better than I would have <laughs> thought, Elizabeth. And note, Gretch, the song does have to be from your Apple playlist. Oh, I love this idea. And, you know, Gretch, Adam has been doing this for ages. Oh, yeah. His alarm, every morning it goes off. It's the song Help Me Out by Maroon 5. Ooh, so nice. that goes off at 6.45 every day. Uh-huh. And how about you? Do you have one? You know, I don't. That's just too advanced for me. But I will say my ringtone was written by our composer for The Fix, Greg Trippy. It's Ooh. called Ripples. Ooh, that's fun. Yeah, so I have a personal, well, it's not personal, I, it's one of the Apple ringtones. So if you want Greg Trippy's ringtone, it's Ripples. I had never done this before, so I just did it after we heard about this hack. So I picked the song uh, 81 by Joanna Newsom as my alarm sound mm. in the morning. So it is, it's really fun to kind of personalize it. Switch it up if you want to. And So that's a great hack. Yes, thank you, Kelly. And now for a Know Yourself Better question. And this is a question where I clearly answer it no. And that is the question of, do you have dog sense? Like, do you have an extra sense of what's going on more than the average person? Like my husband, Jamie, definitely has dog sense. And my friend Cheryl also really has dog sense. Well, Gretch, I think I have this. I call it my sixth sense. Ah, 
And I always say to Sarah, you know, I have a sixth sense. Yeah. I think I've talked about it on the podcast. What I notice is it's usually about dynamics. Mm. Like at work, someone's upset, even though no one else can tell they're upset. And so I'll say, oh, so-and-so is upset because of this reason. And I think they're going to do X, Y, or Z. So it's like, I feel like I know the future, Ooh. but it's really because I pick up on little personal things. And do you think you have it more than other people? Like, you're, like you'll say things yes. and people are like, what are you talking about? And then it'll be proved to be true. All the time. Yes. See, that's interesting because with Jamie often has dog sense that someone's untrustworthy and he'll be like, mm. Mm, I just don't like that person or that person's untrustworthy. And I'll be like, what are you talking about? They seem totally fine to me. And then like two years, five years, like he's often proven right in this kind of very deep way. And again, it's like a dog sense because it's like, where are you getting this? I don't see yes. it. I don't hear it. And yet you're picking up something. Yes, I have that too. There have been times where I've said to Sarah, so-and-so is not trustworthy, and she'll be like, really? And then it'll it'll come to pass. The only time when I've ever had, I feel like, an insight like this is it's related to this idea. There is this trick, if you don't have dog sense, that if you want to know what someone is likely to do or what they do secretly, you can say to them, what do you think most people do? Because people mm. will usually answer from their own experience. So if you say, do you think most people get along with their in-laws? Do you think most people cheat on their taxes? Do you mm. think most people swear in front of their children? Even though they might not say they do it themselves, they might not admit to that, they will say what they think most people do. So this is sort of like a, this is like a runaround way um, for people who ah. do not have dog sense. And I used this one time kind of accidentally because I it was right when the Tiger Woods scandal was breaking and the whole mm. thing between him and his wife. And for some reason, I forget even why I was there, but I was somewhere with a bunch of people I didn't know well, and it was sort of it was happening on TV. So we were all watching it and kind of talking amongst ourselves about it. And one guy said out loud to the group, he said, gosh, if he's behaving like this way, how must he think about his wife? And this mm. other guy answered, I bet he thinks very differently about his wife. And mm. I thought, I bet that guy's having an affair. Oh, interesting. Because the way he was answering about Tiger Woods, I'm like, right. this is telling me about you. But I was like, I never have this kind of insight. I never feel uh -huh. like I'm reading between the lines. Of this. So I'm like, woo, uh -huh. this is the one time I can remember kind of what it's like to have dog sense. So do you feel it happening? Like, ooh, there's like something electric in the air. I, I feel something unspoken that they may not yes. even realize they're communicating. Uh, for sure. Yes. And I won't say it's 100% of the time, but especially if I'm paying attention, absolutely. Yes. I think the thing about asking the self about to know yourself better is it seems to me that it's really worth taking it seriously, not dismissing mm -hmm. it. And if you have it, realize that you are somehow picking up on these things that are very subtle. Or if you know someone who has it, take it seriously. Like over time, I've learned there are certain people who just are really good at this. And so don't dismiss it. Yeah. Like if Jamie doesn't trust someone, you should listen and not go into business with that person. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm very curious to hear, do you think you have dog sense? I wonder what our listeners um, will say. Let us know if you have dog sense and how it might have come up. I'm curious to see like how this comes up in people's lives. Yeah, I wonder how common this is, Gretchen. Yeah. I think probably a lot of people have dog sense. Interesting. And everybody else wishes they did. <laughs> That's for sure. Coming up, Gretchen gives herself a demerit that I think she's given herself before. But first, this break. 
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, Gretchen, it is time for demerits and gold stars. You are up this week with a happiness demerit. Yes. What happened? Yeah, so this is a demerit that's very much in line with demerits that I've given myself before, and this is just something that I need to work on. So to set the scene, it was my first book event for the new book, and the first book event is always particularly nerve-wracking for me because I give my whole talk from memory, and after I've done it one or two times, I Mm. know— I know it super well, but the first time I'm always like, oh my gosh, what if I just blank out? Or like I accidentally skip over like the whole middle part and the whole thing's only seven minutes long. So I'm tense. And I was at this event and a couple of things had been, they didn't go wrong, but they were like glitches that kind of had me a little bit uneasy. And I ran into a friend um, and that was part of it is like, I was in a place where people could see me sometimes and I'm in a, I can't, no one, I don't run into anybody, but I, I was sort of out. And so I ran into Mm -hmm. a friend. Uh, my friend Marcy, and she was super friendly. And I was basically like, I can't talk to you. (laughs) I can't deal Uh with this. Like, Uh whatever, and ran away. And this is just like, this happened to me when I was getting on the train with Eliza, and we had all our bags, and we were trying to get on. Mm. And I'm like, I just can't talk to you. I'm sorry. And I feel like I'm a grown-up. I should be able to, like, you know, pat my stomach and rub my head at the same time and be friendly, even though I'm kind of... Because in the moment, I it wasn't like anything was happening at that moment. I was just feeling distracted and uneasy, and it just felt like it took too much bandwidth. But I can manage that. I need to really identify this and say, you know, stay calm. Maybe this is where being an obliger is an advantage. Because, like, I feel like Mm. you would be able to muster the goodwill and the warmth and just saying, like, okay, I need to put myself and my own uneasiness aside and focus on this person where in Uh. a way that I really, I think I need to do a much better job of that. Well, I have to say, Gretchen, I think you're being too hard on yourself, though. I think people understand that prior to a speaking event, you might need to, like, get in the zone. Oh, well, that's... In a way, I think this is where you're expecting too much of yourself, and you're too much of an upholder. I mean, I think people get it. Okay. Well, she was very, very nice about it because I emailed her the next day. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a good... It's sort of a good thing to think about. I think it's more for you just what's your tone and exiting the conversation. Yes, yes. I think I was brusque. think maybe you snap and that's why you feel bad. <laughs> Whereas what you want to do is just be like, hey, listen, I'm really trying to get in the zone. Let me talk to you after. Yeah. In a warm way. Yeah. All right, Gretch, I want to give a big gold star to the Fix marketing team. Ooh, yes. So when a show comes out, of course, there are ads. If you're lucky, um, we're lucky because <laughs> we had lots of we've had lots of ads for the fix. Yes. You know, how good these ads are really, really matters. This is how the public is getting to know your show. 
and the fix marketing team and there's a whole bunch of them so i can't list everyone's name uh, but they know who they are did a fantastic job of really bringing their a game to the fix ads because you could just put a couple of clips together and say hey here's the fix but they really took it to the next level. I thought the ads, now granted I'm biased, but others agree the ads were just really compelling, really um, dynamic, really got your attention. I think it was a huge help. And of course we appreciated it so much because this is our project we've been working on for a long time. So thank you to everyone at ABC Marketing for um, just making a fantastic ad campaign for the fix. Well, it's interesting. Like there must be such an art to it. Cause I, I mean, we watched the ad during the Oscars, for example, was, was such a great ad. And you yeah. think like in such a small amount of time, they created a mood, sort of built a world, yes. created this tremendous sense of suspense where you're like, I want to know what's happening. Like, how did they get here? What's going to happen next? And you're like, how did they do that in such a short amount of time? You know, yes. it's like, it must be so... Sometimes it's it's a lot harder sometimes to do something very short than to have more time and yeah that yes, very masterful absolutely. yes well. and by the way if people want to see some of these ads if you scroll through my Instagram feed at yes. Liz Craft I have a lot of them on Instagram yes and that is it for this episode of Happier remember to try this at home keep trying all these clutter clearing ideas we can't get <laughs> enough of them let us know what you tried and what worked for you. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed. Also, thanks to our engineer, Bob Tabador, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. If you like the show, be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting app. Thanks to the wonderful people who ordered five or more copies of Outer Order Inner Calm. I have many names this week, which is wonderful. Angie Schuest, Meredith Copeland, Melissa Thompson, Elizabeth Cottrell, Beth Duckett, Leslie Clavey, Rebecca Frederick, Shelley Friend, Gail Wilson, Brett Hudasek, Nicole Havelberg, Malia and Jill from the Semi Together podcast, Kelly Wall and Melissa Mathis. So thank you wow. for your enthusiasm. That's amazing. And here's another thing. I, you know, we say please rate and review us, and it's the same thing about a book. If you review the book on Amazon, Goodreads, Apple Books, or you know, wherever you give online reviews, it really helps other readers to find a book. I know that I look at reviews, regular mm -hmm. reader reviews, yeah. to help me decide to buy a book. And so that's a huge help um, if you do that. And Gretch, there's a new resource. Due to popular demand, you created a PDF that yes. includes all the happiness hacks from every episode. People can download it for free at GretchenRubin.com slash resources. And I know you're going to update that um, a few times a year. Yes, yes. Not every week, but a few times a year. <laughs> and also, if you enjoy the Happier podcast, you can read my new book, Outer Order, Inner Calm, which is all about additional steps for how to create a more serene, orderly environment. You can get it right now on Apple Books at apple.co slash GretchenRubin. Um, Gretch, by the way, I found my watch. Oh, oh, the one you lost when we were together? 
Yes, it was. Um, you'll appreciate this. It was in my suitcase, which I didn't unpack for over a week. Oh, and it had yeah. fallen into like the crevice in my suitcase. So once I unpacked it, I did find it. So, um, you know, clutter clearing. Um, virtue, virtue rewarded. <laughs> yes. Well, what a relief. Yes. From the Onward Project.